0: Good evening. It is another edition of 11 Mile Sessions Live. We've got a couple of videos for you coming up a little bit later on. The latest from uh, Strange Heart and Ladyship Warship. And we're going to finish off with another great one from the Mugs. But before that, I'm very pleased to present to you an interview with Jack Starr from Jack Starr's Burning Star. He's a metal icon, um, veteran that's been around for several decades, and was originally in the band called Virgin Steel back in the early 80s. So it was a really fun thing to do, and I hope you enjoy it. And after that, we're going to do the latest from Jack Starr's Burning Star, a video called Souls of the Innocent, the title track from an album that just came out a couple of weeks ago. So without further ado, let's check out that interview with Jack Starr. Hello. This is 11 Mile Sessions Live. And as promised, we have... On the uh, video cam, um, Jack Star of Jack Star's Burning Star. How you doing this afternoon, Jack?
1: I'm doing good. Pleasure to be here.
0: Ah, my pleasure as well. So you're in Florida right now? You were telling me before we started.
1: Yeah, I'm in Central Florida, and uh, I was assuming that it was hotter, but you you just told me that Detroit's about 90, and Florida's about 90 right now. So yeah, so we're good.
0: Not 86, but it's, I tell you what, it's just as humid as it is in Florida, too. It can get miserable this time of year.
1: It is, absolutely. Yeah. Unless unless you have a mansion right on the water and you can <laughs> get those cool breeze, you know, that tropical swaying of the palm trees. Ah. But,
0: well, you could but afford that, all the royalties from all those albums you have?
1: Ah, absolutely. That <laughs> is. Uh, that is coming.
0: <laughs> the check is in the mail, right?
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> All right, well, why don't we get started? Um, I was reading your bio that uh, the person representing you sent me, and um, you've been around uh, quite a while. You started um, in the early 80s with the metal scene, um, and you have um, a couple albums that you were with, uh, Virgin Steel.
1: That's right, yeah, that That was my first uh, metal band. Uh, I started that band in 1981. Mm -hmm. And uh, now I am uh, doing my own thing. And I have been, really, for like the last uh, 40, almost 40 years, yeah.
0: Okay. God, time flies, doesn't it? (laughs) It
1: it does, when you're having fun. And uh, I have to say, you know what? Music keeps you young, and music Mm -hmm. is really a great... um, Pure for whatever ails you. It.
0: it must be. That, that's the only thing I can explain some of these other people out there right now. Like you see Paul McCartney. He's 80 years old, and he's still doing three-hour shows around the world.
1: <laughs> Amazing. And he looks good. And, uh, you know, I just hope he does it for another 20 years.
0: Yeah, that would be great. So uh, I was told you have a little bit of a story there, though. There was a, a song. What was it called? Um got it in front of me, it was uh, Children of the Storm. That was on a compilation on Shrapnel Records. Yes, that's... I was going to say you had a couple fans of that song that you want to talk about?
1: Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, I guess the most notable fans of that song were uh, we were doing a festival in Paris, France in 1984 and all the bands were, you know, had these tents backstage, stage. And, uh, we were kind of at the bottom of the bill or close to the bottom of the bill. Ozzy was headlining, uh, white snake, uh, Gary Moore, Ronnie James Dio, and Metallica was kind of at the bottom of the bill as well because, you know, they were just getting started.
0: They were and, still kids uh, back then.
1: They were. Yeah. I mean, I was a kid, we, but not, <laughs> not as much of a kid as they were, but, Close. Close enough. Yeah, and um, so anyway, they came backstage. Um, when I say backstage, I mean to our tent. There there was no backstage. It was just a, a bunch of like tents um, behind the, uh, the stage area. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were talking to uh, the guitar player, Kirk Hammett, and the bass player who has unfortunately passed away, Cliff Burton. And mm. uh, we're just shooting the breeze. And uh, they uh, told me that, they really liked a song on our first album, the first Virgin Steel album, a -hmm. song called Children of the Storm. Mm -hmm. And ironically, that's the song actually, that really launched my my career, because I'll just make it really quick. But I was just another guitar player in Long Island, New York, uh, you know, with dreams of being recognized, you know, like somebody, Mm -hmm. somebody, please tell me I'm good. You know?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I see this thing in Guitar Player magazine. And it was uh, um, a column or a, uh, an advertisement. I think it was like a, a big, you know, column and it was like, basically, it was from Mike Varney, who uh, went on to uh, create the uh, shrapnel record label. Uh-huh. And he discovered a lot of great guitar players. Anyway, it said, so something to the effect, like, so you think you've got it. So you think you're a good guitar player, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So you think you can shred. Send me your demo. And if you're good enough, we'll put you on this uh, album called oh. U.S. Metal Volume mm-hmm. 2. And, of course, I guess I had a little bit of ego, which you're supposed to have when you're doing this, this stuff. You have mm-hmm. to have a little bit. Yeah. I sent him my demo and uh, he got back to me. And it was a big thrill for me because he was a columnist for Guitar Player Magazine.
2: Mm. So
1: I figured, you know, th- this guy must know something about guitars. And uh, yeah. and he said, he said, Jack Star, we're putting you on this album. And that mm. was it. That, that opened the doors for me because I didn't have any kind of national, uh, you know, just any kind of fame or any kind of uh, infamy or anything, you know, I was just on a national level. I was just, you know, known, you know, in my hometown, you know, and that was it. And here is this guy from California, which was like, you know, 5000 miles away from where I was. That was New York, right? Yeah, Long Island, New York, basically saying, Hey, you know, uh, we think you're good. And we're gonna put you on this album. And that really, honestly, got the got my career, you know, going, because I was able to piggyback on that when we put out our first album, and then we were able to use that as a you know publicity thing, like mm-hmm. like hey, check out our band Virgin Steel, you know, even if uh, you know maybe you might not like it or whatever, but the guitar player should be pretty decent because he was on this uh, guitar player, you know, shrapnel compilation of you know the best guitar players the best metal guitar players you know Mm -hmm.
0: i remember guitar player i actually subscribed to it and i used to go and try to like figure out a way to play my favorite songs on the guitar because they had the transcriptions and stuff but uh Mm -hmm. that was the place where metal um guitarists and bands could like get their um attention i guess you know you had mtv and the videos but that was more for like the pop and the new wave but for metal if you made it on guitar player then people started to notice oh who is this you know
1: exactly it gave you a certain amount of street cred you know it was like yeah it was something you could actually build on you know Mm -hmm. and um and i did you know i i was like not ashamed not embarrassed to toot my own horn a little bit but i would have been if i hadn't gotten that kind of encouragement you know you know what i mean yeah like mm. someone else had to say it before mm. me someone yeah. ha- else had to say hey you know you're good and that was cool
0: that had to feel really good yeah all right so after and a here couple we walk. i'm sorry go ahead
1: oh. No, no, I was, <laughs> I was just gonna say and here we are A hundred years later.
0: (laughs) Oh, you exaggerate. Maybe 80 or 90, but not 100. (laughs)
1: 80 or 90. And I'm still doing this crazy stuff. That's what's keeping
0: uh, you young. That's right. But after a couple albums, you left, and you went on to do your own thing, right?
1: Yes, that is correct, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was really uh, a parting of the ways. uh, You know, a lot of times, you know, when bands split up, you know, it's always uh, for artistic reasons, and so on. But in this case, it actually really was the uh, other, the other alpha male in the band, there were two of us, me and the singer. And um, it was just like, he wanted to pursue a more progressive, keyboard oriented Mm -hmm. uh, sound. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, maybe more influenced by bands like Rush and Yes. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and I was more looking to do something more guitaristic you know mm-hmm. uh and so we were kind of you know not really uh on the same page you know yeah and uh, so i said you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna try to do my own thing mm-hmm. and that's what i did and i got a record deal with uh a big uh, label at the time called passport uh which had a lot of really uh people that i looked up to on that label you know like like Leslie West and uh, Bill Wyman of the Rolling Stones had an album
2: mm-hmm.
1: on that label at mm-hmm. the same time that I that I signed in 1985. Mm-hmm. It was called Willie mm-hmm. and the Poor Boys. So I was all happy. I, oh wow! I'm on the same label as Bill Wyman. You know, yeah. So it's kind of like encouragement, you know, that you need when you're when you're walking down that lonely road, you know and it can be a lonely road because uh, it, you know, let's say if you're not Billy Joel, uh, in music, you're either, you're either Billy Joel or you're not, you're either making tons of money, have a lot of a big, huge fan base, or you're really, you're getting by,
0: you know, and uh, you're doing it more for the fun than the uh, paycheck.
1: Yes, exactly. And you have to, uh, you have to tell yourself that, you know, hey, I'm doing this for the music. I'm doing it because I love the music and I love connecting with people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know how I got. I, I digress, but you know, you, there's a thread in there somewhere.
0: <laughs> well. It's like one of those things, depending on what kind of musician you are, some musicians do it for the money, but some people do it because they, like you said, want to connect with the uh, listeners. They want to have some kind of profound effect on their lives or just make them happy. And in a lot of ways, that's actually something you can't put a price on, right?
1: No, absolutely. And, you know, and for me, um, I mean, I've been doing this a really long time. And, you know, today, like the record business, is really suffering,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, so just to get a record deal in 2022 with a real label that's gonna that's gonna actually distribute it on a global level and yeah. and uh, and hire publicists and take out advertisements and do all this stuff is really miraculous. And uh, I just wanna give a plug really to the label that had the balls to take a chance and sign me, and mm-hmm. they're called Glo- Global Records. Uh, yep. They're an English uh, record label. Mm-hmm. They've got some very good acts on the label. And uh, here we are, and it's, uh, and they're reissuing a lot of my uh, older music as well.
0: So yeah. I'm really happy about that. I was looking at my notes, and it's like they're gonna be, in the next couple of years, releasing eight of your back catalog records.
1: Yeah, it's tremendous. Uh, you know, and it's really important because anybody that does this, this you know, music thing full time like I have been, it's really your life's work. So when someone acknowledges it and says, "Yeah, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go with it. It's not going to get buried. It's going to come out again, mm-hmm. and it's going to be exposed, uh, you know, to another generation." So uh, because a lot of the people that are listening, you know, to Jack Star and Burning Star. A lot of them weren't even really born when I put out my first album. Uh, Case in point, the singer in our band, he was 29 years old two years ago when he (laughs) joined our band. And, uh, you know, we're all old enough to be his father and uh, Mm -hmm. we're not, but we're we're definitely old enough to be his father. And to me, it's great. And we met him at a festival we were doing in Germany and he Came all the way from Turin, Italy, mm-hmm. uh, to to come and see us play, and uh, and then he was on the autograph uh, merchandise line, you know, to get T-shirts and whatnot from our band. Yeah. And so later, when we when we took him on as our singer, the picture surfaced of Alex Panza, uh, me and him, and I don't know if I'm signing an autograph or what, or and it's just. An amazing thing, you know, that uh, that occurred and it showed that uh, that we're reaching, you know, a younger gen, a younger demographic as well.
0: Yeah. Well, the bands that do last, you know, for a long, long time are the ones that can keep adding a new generation. So every so often, you know.
1: Yeah. And that's a very good point. And uh, I mean, we're not doing it in the obviously in that gigantic sense of the word that the stones do. But in our own smaller way, that's exactly what we do. Mm -hmm. We've been adding um, newer, uh, younger people, and we see them in our audience. And the first time that I went over to Europe, I was like shocked. It was like, wow, what are these teenagers doing at (laughs) our show? Because we had never had teenagers uh, at any of our shows in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that we do a tremendous amount of shows here because you know our fan base is really over there like yeah. in countries like Greece and Italy and Germany
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it's just amazing that um, that they're they're open to the kind of music that that we're doing you know
0: and yeah, that's great metal can live on <laughs> it, so, it, you
1: know it seems to, it seems to be hard to kill not yeah. you know not that not that in punk. <laughs> <laughs> that in punk, yeah. yeah. Good point, yeah. Right. It's, uh, and and the people that love punk and metal, uh, they're very, very uh, faithful to that kind of music. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a loyalty inherent in metal fans and punk fans mm-hmm. that really isn't there with like people that like, let's say, Lady Gaga or whoever the new superstar is, uh, you know, they seem to come and they seem to go, a lot of them. uh, And I'm not trying to, you know, put them down or anything. No. But but it just seems like, you know, Britney Spears, I mean, she came, she did her thing, and, and, you know, it lasted, whatever it lasted. But there isn't that cult of people that are going to follow her for the next 20 or 30 years. I don't think so. It's yeah. possible, but I'm thinking not, you know.
0: No. Things like metal and punk are timeless. You see people in uh, shows, yeah, you see teenagers, but you see people that are gray-haired and even in walkers sometimes, you know.
1: <laughs> it's it's amazing and I think part of it honestly like like with our albums, our albums have always been available on import. So even yeah. though we're, we're American and, you know, we're, we're, we live in America. Uh, when we wanted to see our albums in a record store, we would have to go to the import section, yeah. which was always a, a source of, like, kind of bewilderment. It's like, why am I going to the import section? I live here, damn it, you know? <laughs> but so there was always, uh, it was always difficult for people to find our albums. But once they did, they were rewarded at, to being part of a cult, to mm-hmm. being part of this underground movement, you know, and uh, it's a good thing. It's not like you walk into a record store and there's gonna be a five foot cutout of Jack Starr playing guitar, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. There will be a cutout of Lady Gaga or whoever, or whoever is big
0: in Kanye that. West, yeah.
1: yeah, Kanye West or whoever so the person looking for a burning star album they're really going to have to put a little bit of effort they're going to have to first go to the B section look under burning, then they're going to have to go to the S section, okay, look for star, okay now they they might not find it, then they're going to have to keep looking and go through the imports and then if that doesn't work, they're just going to have to order the damn thing
0: (laughs) and pay an exorbitant price on eBay for it (laughs)
1: Yeah, or that exactly. So there's an effort, and I think that that effort makes them appreciate us more, mm-hmm. and it gives us a a, a closer bond um, with the oh, people man. that like our And you know, and we love them because they're making this effort and they're communicating with us, and and uh, we have like a really good open channel of communication, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, Burning Star fans and. Uh, it's a beautiful
0: thing. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. The, the the true fans, the ones that are still there, even when you're not still playing big coliseums or huge festivals. They...
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. It, you know, and it, it, it's wonderful. So basically, we went through a lot of changes in the last couple of years uh, with the new record company, Global Rock, mm-hmm. with our new singer, Alex Panza, from a town in Italy called Turin, mm-hmm. which I did a little... Uh, Google, uh, a little Google research, and it's where they make the Fiats. I think they also <laughs> okay. make the Ferraris there, but I could be wrong. So it's kind of more of a kind of like a blue-collar kind of town in Italy, similar maybe to like Birmingham in England or
0: yeah.
1: or Bologna in Italy, you know, uh, another blue-collar kind of town. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Alex is just a great a great guy, you know. I was I was tempted to say a great kid, but okay, but he's a great guy. Yeah. And, I mean, I have a son that's older.
0: Right. So, uh, but, so he might get offended but, if you called him a kid, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, because my son gets offended when I do that, so.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he, they don't understand. Wait till you get to be our age. Yeah, you're just a kid. <laughs> like,
1: you're just a kid, and we say it lovingly.
0: Yes. <laughs> and, so uh, you know, uh, go ahead. I was just going to ask, uh, besides the um, the singer, who else do you have with you now currently for the new album?
1: Yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit. Our bass player, Ned Maloney, uh, the bass player in Burning Star, has been with me now forever. He's an incredible bass player, and he co-produced the album hmm. alongside of a good friend of his named Kevin Burns, and they did a fabulous job. I mean, the album sounds like... As good as any album by you know the major leaguers, the guys mm-hmm. that are selling a million albums, it really is of that quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a great listening experience if you listen to it on uh, headphones or ear you know ear ear monitors of any kind. Uh, the drummer was also in a very iconic uh, band from the eighties a band called Manor war mm-hmm. which not everybody's heard of but they had their a uh, pretty big cult following and uh they uh so so everybody's been around the block is really I guess what I'm trying to say you know we sound the way we do not because uh we had to learn it second hand or third hand we sound the way we do because we were there mm-hmm. when that was uh you know hitting its stride and and of uh, being what you heard a lot on on the airwaves and on MTV which i don't even think really exists very much anymore i mean no, it, it does but but they don't really play a whole lot of music
0: it's a misnomer there's really no music on there <laughs> no, it's I all mean, reality tv shows and things for yeah, kids and, teenagers
1: uh, And I have my theory about why that happened, but it would probably take a really too long a show. (laughs) But it had to do with uh, Tupac and the manager of Tupac. uh, I forgot his name. Mm -hmm. uh, Biggie. Biggie
0: Biggie Smalls.
1: Biggie Smalls. And uh, anyway, it's a long story, but MTV basically pulled out of rock. Or, mm-hmm. you know and and they did it really in uh, in one big swoop uh i mean it was there and then then it wasn't there yeah it was it wasn't even like they phased it out it was just it was uh, it was it was really bad i think uh i personally think they made a mistake and i think they're making a mistake now and i think they should start playing rock again because there's a huge market for it and Mm-hmm. Everything in life, in my opinion, comes around in cycles. Yeah, you know, things things happen, then things happen again, and then mm-hmm. people go back to the original. You know, and yeah. um,
0: well, I actually I mean, keep, I actually keep reading. You know, when they say that uh, the top digital downloads currently, most of the time, it actually is the older music. So even That's, the largest pop stars, the the most popular ones, are still competing, like with the Beatles, as far as downloads.
1: Isn't that is that incredible, or what? Yeah. I mean, and, and and there's a reason for it, in my opinion, because the music was had a high quality. It mm-hmm. was really, uh, it wasn't a music that was put together for the purpose of just having a hit. It was music. They were trying to explore the boundaries of yeah. what you could do in a three-minute or four-minute um, rock song. And the Beatles did that. The Stones did that. Mm-hmm. Cream Zeppelin. did that. Mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin, absolutely. Leonard Skinnerd, uh, and then their music has really become um, timeless.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and uh, I don't know how much of the stuff that's being shoved down the throats of uh, of 18 year olds is really going to be around in five, 10 years.
0: Let alone I, 50.
1: <laughs> I, let all, yeah, definitely. Hopefully, we'll all, hopefully, the world will all be around in 50 <laughs>
0: years. Ah, we're doing our darndest to make sure that doesn't happen, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they always I, say uh, that, right?
1: Yeah, they do. And, uh, you yeah, know, we were always, you know, I know uh, in 1961, you know, uh, Everybody thought the world was going to end. There was the mm-hmm. Cuban Missile Crisis, and uh, somehow we pulled through. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: hopefully, we're going to pull through all the other stuff that is on the horizon and making people feel mm-hmm. a little nervous. You know, yeah.
0: As always, we find a way to adapt, and we just keep going. That's all we keep do.
1: going, and that's what you know. That's what we've done musically as well in our band. I mean. You know, people, you know, have asked me, well, the, you know, do you still feel you have something to say, and et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And really, we we've gotten better. You know, I mean, I've been playing guitar now close to fifty years, so I like to think that I've gotten better mm-hmm. at it. Uh, our drummer's been playing forever. Uh, I don't know, at least thirty or forty years. Our bass player's been playing at least forty years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, yeah, we, we still have something to say. We still want to say it, and uh, you know, we're we're blessed and fortunate that there are people uh, in record companies, uh, managers, publishing companies, etc., that are basically saying, "You guys have have something here.
0: Yeah,
1: continue with it." And mm-hmm. uh, and that's what we do. Um, the songs, I mean, the album "Souls of the Innocent." Um, the title track was actually about uh, something that happened in Las Vegas. You know, there was a, there was a mass shooting, mm-hmm. and uh, and and we didn't want to make a political statement about you know guns or should they be outlawed and all that because actually I don't think the problem was with guns i think the problem was actually with people uh that are mentally unhinged hmm. and that fall through the cracks in our system yeah. and uh you know but so we made this uh, album called souls of the innocent and it's really about these innocent people who were going to see a concert uh, our country concerted, I think, I think this was about four or five years ago, and about, I don't know, 75, 80 of them were killed senselessly. Uh, so they truly were the souls of the innocent, you know what I mean? Mm. It, and, and it's a, And it's a tragedy. And it's a tragedy also that makes you think. It's like these people were all strangers. They never met each other. And yet somehow destiny... If if you want to believe in destiny, made it so that these strangers would all be together in this one spot, mm-hmm. and and it would be a place where they would meet their unfortunate and and unti- you know an untimely demise. Mm-hmm. So we wrote we wrote a song about that, and we try to have lyrics that uh, that say something. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not interested in singing about hot blondes and convertibles (laughs) and uh you know hot blondes and black leather and
0: yeah that's something that has disappeared from music i guess nowadays
1: (laughs) well yeah now it's (laughs) now it's really disappeared but we're not we're not opposed to that but we're just saying that Mm -hmm. we want to have uh so uh, we want to be able to have uh, meaningful lyrics, just like we want to have meaningful music, mm-hmm. music that has uh, various um, time ch- time signature changes, uh, slow parts, uh, fast parts within mm-hmm. the same song. Yeah. And my, co- my co-conspirator in this, uh, Ned Maloney, uh, our bass player, he's come up with some really, really interesting... Uh, musical ideas that mm-hmm. that we've worked on together and separately and uh so we're creating our own little mini operas uh our own little stairways to heaven you know yeah. bohemian rhapsody what makes those songs so great in my opinion is you know those songs have all they take you on a musical journey when you listen to, Stairway to Heaven," the way it starts off so so uh, very mellow and slow and tasteful, and there's the sound of a flute. And then to, and then by the time the uh, end of the song comes about, it's, it's full-blown heavy metal, you know, that, that last part, you know, as we wind on down the road. Mm-hmm. Same thing with um, Bohemian Rhapsody. It starts off with a beautiful uh, piano thing, and then towards the end, you know, the guitar's is going... Mm-hmm. We do that on our album. Mm-hmm. So, if your listeners that are listening now have an affinity with, with those two songs that I mentioned, mm-hmm. I think that they will not be disappointed when they pick up a copy of Souls of the Innocent mm-hmm. because we have a similar things that are going on mm-hmm. and we like to think that at least three or four of the songs on the album have that kind of vibe that take the listener on this kind of journey.
2: Yeah,
1: And uh, we're very proud of that actually, mm-hmm. that we're able to do that and uh, so far the reaction has been incredible to in the album.
0: So it just came out two weeks ago, I think on the 15th I was told. It's available yes. on Global Rock Records. Global um, Rock And you won't have to look for an import section for this, right?
1: No, as a matter of fact, uh, you really can get it on all the digital platforms that are available. And you can also go to our various uh, Facebook pages, like there's one called Burning Star Metal Legends. There's another one called Burning Star Official. Mm-hmm. There's another one called Just Simply Jack Star, which is my real name, S T A R R. And you can also go on the Global Rock uh, uh, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're really, uh, we're really easy to find. We're not in the uh, witness protection program. Hmm. Our albums. Not there. yet, anyway. <laughs> not yet, right? Yeah. If we made a, some bad albums, who knows? Maybe. Mm-hmm. But uh, but so far we uh, we're really fortunate, and uh, the album is doing phenomenal. It's actually, and here's the kicker: it's actually our best-selling album so far. It's just it's just gone off to an incredible uh, start.
0: That's awesome. Congrats. Mm.
1: Thank you. Appreciate that.
0: So that's great. We can um, go to the usual places and find this record. Uh, You're looking to tour. Um, Any U.S. dates in the the plans?
1: Right now there are no uh, announced U.S. dates, but uh, we are discussing with some promoters uh, Mm -hmm. to uh, play some shows in places like uh, Barcelona, Spain, Mm -hmm. uh, in places like uh, Oslo, Norway, uh, and a couple of places in Greece, like Thessaloniki and Athens, Greece. Uh, so uh, we're really, uh, you know, we're really happy that things have lightened up mm-hmm. with the, uh, the pandemic, with the pandemic and all that. And uh, we're really happy because we feel that music is a super important part of people's lives and uh mm-hmm. they need it you know uh man does not live by uh, by work alone and uh we need that we need those those distractions and i don't even really like even calling them distractions because mm-hmm. i think it's it's food for the soul
0: yeah.
1: and uh so i'm really happy to be part of that
0: you know Yeah. I know it's helped my soul many times over my lifetime. Sometimes if I didn't have anything else going for me, at least I could go in my room and listen to some really good music and I could get by, I could get through things, you know?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I've gotten those kind of emails and letters. uh, I mean, even like 30, 40 years ago, Before computers, I would get fan mail with my first band, uh, Virgin Steel. And uh, I mean, I remember one letter, uh, I think this was around 82 or 83, a girl from uh, South Africa, from Johannesburg, wrote us a fan letter and she said, she goes, I hate living where I live. I don't like all this violence. I don't like the fact that that, my race is white girl my race and uh and black people don't get along it's not right And the only thing that keeps me sane is the fact that i can go to my room put on your album and escape because i don't like what's going on so Mm. you know it makes you feel proud that you're a part of something that is an alternative you know and um we're still doing it they're not writing snail mail anymore but yeah uh, our band gets a lot of uh a lot of emails and uh we're really proud of that that we've helped people as you as you just said in in dark times in their lives mm-hmm. and uh and you know and we're we're available we're available we we try to write back uh to almost their, i mean really as much as we can it got a little crazy the last three weeks, because we had so much interest in, there is actually so much interest in this album that it's hard right now to, to keep up with all the mail and so forth. But um, if it lightens up, we'll be back to uh, one-on-one and writing back, you know, and uh, so on and so forth with our, our uh, cult, you know, fan base that's out there that hopefully mm-hmm. is starting to grow a little bit more than a cult fan
0: base. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think we're about out of time. Um, I thank you so much for joining us this afternoon, Jack. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, I appreciate it. I just want to say cheers to -hmm. the good people of Detroit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Never been there, but you guys have a long history of rock and roll and a long history of, uh, of Motown and, Mm -hmm. uh, But there were a lot of lesser-known Detroit rock bands that I grew up listening to, like the MC5, Mm -hmm. like the Frost, like uh, there was a a band, uh, well, Ted Nugent, the Amboy Dukes.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So
1: there's a long history of uh, cool rock and then, of course, Motown, you know.
0: And techno, if you're into electronic music. yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So cheers to Detroit.
0: All right. Thank you so much. We're going to sign off now. And after we get done with this, um, I'm going to play the video for the latest uh, Souls of the Innocent, the title track from the album.
1: Thank you for having us on. We appreciate it.
0: All right. You take care. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Okay, that was the video, Jack Starr's Burning Star, Souls of the Innocent, the title track of their latest album. Uh, You can find that on Global Rock Records. And before that, the interview with Jack Starr, of course. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Stay tuned. Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to have Slight Return doing a live band performance for us at 7 o'clock. Right now, we're going to do a couple of videos. We're going to start off with the brand spanking new one from the band Strange Heart. Uh, it actually just came out today, and this is a video called Do You. I'm
3: jumping out of my skin. On my-
0: Right. that was the latest from Ladyship Warship, Possum Nova, title track of their latest release. A band that's going to be playing the Corktown Sounds Festival this coming Wednesday at um, 6 to 8 p.m. It's part of uh, 12 bands that are going to be performing there and every week on Wednesday. Um, go down there. It's free. Just find some parking and you can check out some great music. Uh, one more band that's going to be playing this coming Wednesday is The Mugs, and I'm going to finish off with a video from them called Doc Mode. And then coming up uh, at seven o'clock, Slight Return, live performance. So without further ado, the mugs with Doc Mode. How you doing, gentlemen? Great. Good, good. Thanks great. for having us, man. Oh, my pleasure. Good to see you. All right. Same here. So we got some great songs to hear and see from with our audience. What do you got us uh to start out with? Welcome to the D, our trademark. Ah. Perfect.
1: All right.
2: Go to the upside down side and all the even flow when it comes to the challenge. We'll rise like a bee The best, the best can offer. Welcome to the D. Four rock city, the city of champions. The two.
0: return. I'm going to have to take a rest even just after that first set. Man, you wore me out, gentlemen. (laughs) Uh, But really, it's a pleasure to watch you guys perform. You guys look like you're having fun. Thank you. Thank you. Now we have a blast, man. This is like a family, not just a band. Yeah, especially Pope over there. It's like the many faces of Pope. He just just looks like a a young kid just enjoying himself, you know? And I am. That's the name of the game, you know, having
3: fun.
4: Yeah. If you ain't having fun, don't do it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, why did not you go around and uh, introduce yourselves? I don't know if the drummer can speak. I don't know if he has a microphone handy yes, there. Yes, I
4: do. Yeah. Ronnie Carmel,
0: drums. All righty. Tony Mitchell, percussion. Vocal. William
4: Pope,
3: bass and vocals. on mm-hmm. guitar.
2: All lead right.
0: S- he's also the lead singer. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't noticed. <laughs> oh, you guys have been around uh, together a long time, haven't you? Yeah, I've had the
3: band together since, like, 95, 96. Now, is that longer than you've been
0: married, possibly, or, uh, or close? No, no, I've actually been married longer, yeah. Coming oh, up in 28 okay. years, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to, but close to 25. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because 95, that's 27 years ago. Yeah, I got married in 94, so. Yeah. So that's when your life really took a turn, you know. It was for the better, though, for the right? Best. Yeah, in yeah, both for the categories. Best, in both categories. No, I can't complain. I got a great wife, and uh, it makes it easy when you have somebody
3: supportive of what you do, and
0: mm-hmm.
3: you know, yeah. and just uh, enjoying it, enjoying the ride,
0: having fun, doing what we do. That's amazing, yeah, and you got your soldiers behind you to support you as well. Oh man. yeah, yeah, and we're twelve yeah. albums deep now.
3: I mean, 12? this is, a, Yeah, we got like, they got one hundred and thirty-one songs recorded professionally. Nice. And we've had about uh, 15 to 16 songs on the first-round Grammy Awards ballot. We haven't got a nomination yet, but we're getting there. We're back on again this year. We've got uh, two songs on that we did with uh, Latin American artist Gustavo Alarco. Two songs will be on the Latin Grammy ballot from the <laughs> album we did.
0: Uh-huh.
3: And then we've got on the uh, regular Grammy ballot, will be in uh, Best Rock Album, mm-hmm. uh, Best Rock Song and Best Rock Performance, with all with the album we did with Gustavo. We have another release coming up in first quarter, or last quarter of 2022, first quarter of 23, mm-hmm. with a big surprise of William Pope doing some vocals for us.
0: Oh, I can't wait. He knocks it out the park. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. I had, to,
3: I had to pull him out of his shell because he's so shy.
0: Oh, yeah. I could, yeah, he's shy, all right. Well,
3: yeah, we've been, we've been keeping very busy. We just did an event with... Uh, with uh, Billy Cox from Jimi Hendrix's band. Mm-hmm. Nicest guy you ever wanted. You know, whole family, great people. Mm-hmm. And we did it for the Saluto Warriors event that I'm on the board of uh, with a whole team put together. We were able mm-hmm. to raise $100,000 for the uh, the veterans in the state of Michigan, the families that are in need. 97% of every dollar going directly to them.
0: That's wonderful. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
3: Thank you. And then we're work, we're doing one for the for the first responders on September 9th. And we just did a private show at the M1
0: Concourse mm-hmm. and
3: working on some more stuff
0: okay now where is are these uh, shows at the one on september 9th september
3: or 9th is going to be a rochester hills at the danny cassava state okay and uh it's re- great just the best setup for you know a beautiful event like that. like for the military event we had two helicopters land in the yard and <laughs> oh wow Oh yeah really nice like <laughs> veterans green berets and a military change over the flag it was just a really good event
0: now is that like uh, invite only, or is the public welcome to that? Uh, yeah,
3: public is welcome. It's a ticketed event, mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah, public is welcome. It's just again, just to raise the money and help people out. So
0: that's a, that's a really good cause. Guys okay, so are great for doing that. Thank you. Thank you. And then we
3: work with the D Man Foundation, always also uh, Danny's Miracle Angel Network.
0: Oh, okay. Which
3: is uh, incredible organization. Another one I sit on the board of that people that have disabilities that may quadriplegic from accidents, that type of thing. We have a special uh, studio set up where they can make music, Mm -hmm. uh, even with just by blinking or sipping like a puff technique or they make their own songs. Uh, they produce their own albums. We have releases. We have a big Halloween bash for them. Uh, and then we're also going to be hanging with them at the dream cruise. Uh, we have a, uh, off a long lake in Woodward Mm -hmm. behind the daughter man building. We have, uh, Volunteers bring their convertible cars and they, they hoist them out of the wheelchair into the convertible. They mm. fly up and down Woodward and everybody has a great time. <laughs> nice.
0: Wow. I would love to see pictures of that. They got to be happy as clams. Come yeah. to the it's, event. Come huh? to the event. Okay. I'll have Come to. As my guest. You'll be my guest. Oh, thank you. September night. that's a Saturday? No, I think? that's
3: going to be August 19th, that event. Or August. For the D Man, August 19th. It's oh. a Friday from, so dream Friday from right? 1 to 4. Dream Cruise Weekend. Dream Cruise Weekend. 1 to
0: 4. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll we'll hook up after the show. We'll figure it out. Okay, great. All right, let's uh, hear some more music. All right.
3: Thank you, guys, for uh, what you're doing here at NRM Streamcast and helping so much. Scott, you've always been the number one promoter of local music in Detroit anyway. so Aww, not
0: now sure. <laughs> No, really. Aww, Thank you. you. You've been killing
3: it for a long time, and then you team up with Paul Benzman here, who's got such a great uh, mm-hmm. concept here to try and help the Detroit musicians uh, get out there to the public, man. This is going to be a really... Something to see once it's done. Record pressing and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff put together to help the, the whole Detroit scene out. Oh, put it yes. back on the map.
0: Yeah, that's, that's our goal. And yeah. We're definitely going to do it. And oh, we got yeah. so many great musicians in this community that, you know, you never run out of them. No matter how many people I bring to the studio, there's always more out oh. there.
3: Oh, mm. yeah. Yeah, there's so many awesome musicians in the city that are not getting the recognition they deserve. Yeah. So oh, I agree. Welcome to the D.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right,
3: this is a song, uh, one of the two songs we recorded with George Clinton. <laughs> I know we introduced the guys in the band, but uh-huh. can we give them a second to talk about themselves? All these guys have got to all have an incredible musical history.
0: Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> Everybody points the fingers at the drummer.
4: Well, I started uh, playing with uh, my background's really heavy metal bands, but I always liked, uh, liked uh, you know, the funk music and uh, you know, straight rock music too. Mm -hmm. and I got lucky to get together with Mark, uh,
3: and the rest is history. Yeah, through a mutual friend. He told told me, he's like, hey, man, I know this guy from Iraq that likes Led Zeppelin. (laughs) I'm like, what? From Iraq? (laughs) I'm like, like, wait a minute. Something ain't right here.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Tony. Uh, Yeah, I've been playing percussion uh, for quite
3: some time because I was about three years old, And uh, I graduated from that to uh, Traps and started playing in different Top 40 bands. And matter of fact, um, I was doing uh, uh, interior restorations with a friend of mine. I was up on a ladder on a roof, and uh, I got this phone call from uh, (laughs) Ronnie (laughs) asking me to join the band and stuff. I said, yeah, that sounds like a good idea to me. Wait a minute, he didn't tell you the whole story. (laughs) So when Ronnie joined the band, he was like... He's like hey man we can do all these originals but i got we also i want to play some covers and have some fun playing parties and stuff I so also I, like disco music believe it yeah, or not yeah he likes disco so so i falsely agreed to it and said yeah, yeah yeah no problem no problem
0: so he didn't know what you were getting into you know, so <laughs>
3: the funny part was he goes uh, he pulls out a, a clipping from the newspaper. a wanted, you know, he's like, I saved this from two years ago. This guy sent a thing. He wanted to be in this wedding band. It was Tony. <laughs> <laughs> two years, he's walking around with this paper cut out cut out the, the newspaper for a percussionist.
0: Well, he knew it would come in handy eventually. Hey, so. he had foresight, man. It worked out. <laughs> yep, and uh, William Pope
4: and uh oh, here was i here been orange playing. yeah i like orange a little bit <laughs> just a little yeah i've been playing shoot boy since uh like 72 as a little kid and played started out playing rock and mm-hmm. then switched from rock to fusion to funk to r&b then and gospel and techno and mm-hmm. i just love playing man and uh and then uh, me and Mark have been trying to get together for years. It's always, hey,
3: hey. He was in Billy Sunday hey. back at, when were you in Billy Sunday? 80s, I right? Was at, yeah, that was 88. Yeah, I we were in Billy Sunday. We did a couple of gigs yep. together. We was in Billy Sunday and I had a band called Tower. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And, uh, and then we'd always, yeah, we'd yep. talk we'd every time. And, saying. And then uh, Will was in another band for years and years. Yep. And I'm like, hey, whenever you're ready, join Slight Return. But you got to join Slight Return. Yeah, right. You can do all the other gigs. Yeah. Will's like the top session guy in town, but you can do all of the gigs. But when they ask, what band are you in? Uh, it's right.
0: Slight Return. And
3: The door opened up, and boom, here I am. And, and he also doesn't tell you he's played at the Montreux Jazz Festival, oh, Japan, T in the Park, Russia. Name some of the countries you've you oh, played man. in. I've played in
4: Australia
3: and Italy.
4: Well, not Italy. I'll take that back. In Estonia, um, Greece. I've played a lot of places, so just having fun and playing, man. That's I love to play. Like I, we we talk about it. We give command performances in the basement, and then <laughs> the world just gets to see us when we go out. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> with you God all a,
0: over the world, though.
4: Yeah, I, I look they at did, all they got to
0: do is look for the orange.
4: Or yeah. right? That's how they know me, you know. And always giving God the praise, whatever we do. Oh yeah, yeah. Big time,
3: man. It, oh, you know, yeah. we've we've been uh, just. Like I said, we've been, you know, fortunate enough to work with some incredible people. I mean, we recorded with George Clinton, with uh, Dennis Coffey from the Funk Brothers, with Billy Cox from from Hendrix's band, with Tony Lindsay, Lindsay, who's won eight Grammy Awards, sang for Santana, with Andy Vargas, who sang for Santana, with my favorite drummer of all time. No offense, Ronnie. (laughs) (laughs) Dennis Chambers. Ah. I've been listening to Dennis for years, man, and... I'll never forget the first time I saw uh, Santana at. Well, I've seen him like forty times because I, over the years, I've been such a fan for years. But when the first time I saw him with Dennis Chambers on drums, I'm like wait a minute, I looked at the drum because it says Dennis Chambers. Like, hold on, let me shake my head. Is this real? <laughs> yeah. And He was with him for twelve years. It was like wow. And then when we find, when we were, we were in the studio recording together,
2: mm-hmm.
3: it was like I couldn't Dream even believe come it. True, He's probably. at our house jamming in our rehearsal space in my basement. I'm like. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> it
0: was always a great show to see Santana. It always comes around Fourth of July. Yeah. Pine Knob is his home, you know, second home. And I got to see him uh, in the early 80s, mid 80s, with all yeah. kinds of great percussionists. He always has like just a lineup of like great people playing behind him, like Tito Puentes oh, yeah. back in the day, and then his daughter eventually, you know, joined him. Oh,
3: yeah. And that's what I saw him like the years with Alex Luderbrod when he was singing with him with, mm-hmm. you know, like All I Ever Wanted and Winning and all that stuff. I've seen like every, you know, almost every face. I was too young to see the uh, the Greg Rowley face.
0: Ah, yeah, I think we both were. <laughs> yeah, but it
3: was, it's, uh, and I was there a, I was there when he passed out on stage, not that long ago Ah, either.
0: yeah, that was a scare, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it
3: was a pretty weird sight. You know, you're watching, all of a sudden he, he leaned back on the riser and then he was out. And mm-hmm. I was like, whoa. And I was just, uh, thankfully he's okay. Just mm-hmm. took some time off and all that. But, yeah, it's just, you know, we worked with the plethora from, uh, you know, Pete Thompson, Glenn Lesh and David Patterson, who all played with like Robin Trower. And, uh, and we did like nine shows with Trower, which was it incredible. I mean, it was like, that's another one that I've been listening to another for legend. so many years. And when we got on stage, I was like, hold on a second. Is this real? We're playing shows with Trower, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a lot of fun. We do it just because we love doing it. We're not a band you're going to see every weekend in a bar or whatever, but we do a lot of recording and a lot mm-hmm. of guest sessions with people. Yeah, so that new one's coming out in the fall sometime. Yeah, it'll be out in the fall, and mm-hmm. we're actually it's going to be a cool album. We have one song on there. Again, sometimes you got to throw the rules out the window. We got a song that's about 14 minutes long, mm-hmm. and we got a guy named Edzil husseini He's a legendary uh, keyboard player from Egypt. Mm-hmm. He's going to crank out a huge solo on it. I got my buddy Rich Mansour, close friend of mine, guitar mm-hmm. player. He, he has an Egyptian surf
0: band. If you can imagine that. <laughs> the guy's incredible. I like it. I want to hear that. You got
3: it. I'll send you some links. The guy's incredible. Nicest guy. Phenomenal guitar player. He's going to play a solo on there. Uh, we've worked with Jack and Dino in Seattle who record like Nirvana, Soundgarden. Mm-hmm. Awesome guy to work with. And Chris Hanzik, who released the Deep Six album. Mm-hmm. And over here in Detroit, I don't know who, who, if you guys have worked with Steve Cabot 54 Sound. The guy's great incredible. to work with. Nicest I mean guy. Phenomenal. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. We've been very fortunate to work with some, some really good people. Yeah. We hope to keep the streak going. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I guess we'll get back to playing something, I'll shut up. We'll just yeah. win,
4: baby. Just win. Yep. Okay. One, two, three,
3: here
4: yeah. Yeah. ah the fun is begun. all
3: right this is a uh... sorry
4: oh please we got it oh yeah this next song goes out to all those who were served the country and helped and you just don't pay attention to them but we want to give them tribute to the nurses and the janitors and the lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> right. Actually, to
2: this
3: have, is, yeah! This is a, a song called "Hail the Heroes" yeah. for the uh, tribute to the military. They used this yeah. for the military event we played. <laughs>
0: Was, uh
2: <laughs>
3: here's another one we did with George Clinton <laughs>
0: Turn, live here in the 11 Mile Sessions live studio. Paul, come on in here, man. Yeah, let's bring Paul in. Come on, come on. Come on,
3: (laughs) Paul, come on in. Everybody meet Paul Benson. the man behind all getting the Detroit scene back on board. Paul, come on. Tell us what's going on better than I can describe
5: it. Gosh, Mark, I've
3: known you for years. I've heard
5: (laughs) your music, but you remind me of the first time I saw Seeger. No, I'll tell you why. I appreciate him on record on recordings, but watching you guys live, I have a higher respect for you guys. Oh, thank you. It's all of you guys, talented musicians. <laughs> you got great music here. The show started here. I, I gotta thank the guys behind the camera, especially Alan who brought the show to NRM Streamcast. Alan and I have been working together for five years. It's our passion at NRM Streamcast to bring in independent artists and make money for them and highlight them, which the labels do not do. So we're starting a music incubator, and Mark, you're on the board. Okay, and you guys join in. We'll have a garage band series starting in like six, another six weeks, Woo! every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. But we ended. I also put together a record factory deal on the east side of Detroit. So <laughs> tw- so 2424 Vinyl will be launched the last quarter of this year. We brought in a guy, uh, Michael Jackery, the former head of marketing for All Universal, moved back home for us. So we put in some real big hitters That's to make Detroit hitters, the yeah. music scene. Oh, so you guys, this is your home whenever you want to come here. Oh, uh, You guys, once again, Mark, I've known you for years. Yeah. I met Mark, I did his father's and grandfather's, uh, uncle's real estate <laughs> years ago, right? Yeah. And, and I love the family. <laughs> this guy has a heart, has no ego. But seriously, I'm sitting over there dancing, and, and I said, wait a second. The first time I saw Seeger live, I appreciate him. Now, Bob's son makes movies with my son, right? Nice. So I've been in the studios with Bob and stuff. And remember, I met Bob the first time. He says, hi, I'm Bob. It's the Bob who? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 but, but listening to you guys tonight, listen, Mark, and I've known you a long time. I've listened to all your other stuff. But the fact is, watching you guys live, if someone doesn't see you guys live, they're missing a show. And, and we've got to promote some of your shows all over. But thank you, I want to thank, thank, thank you for thank spending you. time in our studios. Once again, thank Alan and the gang, Cisco and the board, and everyone here, because this is what we're about. Our music platform is going all over the country. We're opening studios and affiliates all over the country. That's a good deal. And so yeah. this is sure. what it is.
3: Tell them what you want to do with the, the independent stations, where you want to get local music in between with the national...
5: We're going to be recording every genre of music. Ooh. So I don't know if you remember, G you G sure, named name Greg St. James? Yes. Yeah. Greg has joined us. Really? So we have a thing called Cobra Radio being launched. But what happens is we're giving a video platform to radio stations, independent stations around the country. So they'll say, now you can hear and see us on Streamcast Traverse City, Streamcast Milwaukee. <laughs> so we're going to have hundreds of cities with Streamcast. Now imagine them having local artists. Yep. Once a month, our board, including Mark, will vote who goes on the national platform. So let's see we get oh, Bobby.
3: return's definitely not <laughs> <laughs> But
5: just imagine we get Bobby Sue from Traverse City. Yeah. And we have 500 cities promoting Bobby Sue's live concert at 8 o'clock on a Saturday night for 5 bucks. See? Now, and, and each station that discovers gets a buck, Bobby Sitz gets, gets 3 Say it's a, a loser and 100,000 people in, How about an independent artist makes 300 grand for one night, and merchandise. So we're putting a system that feeds the independent artists, and it all starts here. Alan, you guys, (laughs) thanks again. I mean, this show was amazing. Wow. And when they brought her over here, Ellen says, I want to bring my show over. I said, okay. Well, he
3: told me, he's like, we've got Scott Bolt right here. I'm like, huh?
5: Scott, <laughs> like, Scott, 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 <laughs> you're amazing. Scott, right. you're a, you should be recognized as the independent artist like Godfather in Detroit. There you go. Okay. Wow. And, and, and so, you know, I want all the other bands listening don't tonight. Else. <laughs> right. But, but what happens is, and like I said, my passion's here, because here's the deal. Almost 50% of the artists are independents. You don't need the labels. Yeah. And so with our incubator, let me do this and I'll get out of here because I'm oh, no, not the no, center no, of attention. No, no. We're going to have five income streams for young artists. Good old fan clubs, $5 a month See, to support. That's, Merchandise mm. direct to consumers, vinyl direct to consumers, five cents a stream to the artist, and pay-per-view concerts on their page. See, okay, so we will become the largest incubator whew. music. Let me get out of here. I want to thank that's, you guys. you going to play one more do. song we'll at more least? More all, more right, more. Right, Mark, he, all right, Mark. Thanks for calling me. Guys, bless you for being <laughs> here. Thank you. Thanks for
0: having us. Play all right before you start that song i want to thank you gentlemen i really appreciate it oh no, thank you i had fun as always we got to make sure it's not as long till the next time as it was uh, before no
3: we're just
0: we're not, us
4: a call we're, we're not having covid again no <laughs>
3: that's all good.
0: Fingers crossed. <laughs> all right what are you going to finish we're off gonna with Finish then? with corporate pig
3: They the the Soul's best crop, and the thief relies deception with grace. Corporate pigs in a gutless place. Corporate pig, yeats his own slop with a big fork. Betty Soul's best crop, and the thief relies deception with grace. Corporate pigs in a gutless place.
2: Corporate pig, yeats his own slop with a big fork. Betty Soul's best crop, and the thief relies deception with grace. Corporate pigs in a gutter's place. Corporate pig, yeats